Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World. I am your host, Phil Pustiowski. And in this podcast, we are going to discuss whether you should own or rent your own home. Home ownership is so valued in America. But is it the better deal for you? Well, I believe that this particular subject is not as well articulated by many pundits as it should be. Because you can go to a uh, website and do a simple rent versus own calculator. But does that tell the whole story? I'm here to tell you that, that there's so many different layers to this subject. And I'm going to try to unpack those for you. It's not going to be quick, by the way. This is going to take a little bit of time, but it's extremely educational. I think it's going to truly benefit you in a major way. Now, I have had the privilege of fielding questions as it relates to real estate almost every day for the past decade. Friends, family, uh, people that I mentor and coach, anybody and everybody that has ever known me that has my contact information at some point has either had to buy or rent a home. And many of them have chosen to call me at some point during that process to get my feedback. So I've had the distinct opportunity to see so many of these transactions and these decisions take place with so many different people that I believe I have a unique uh, perspective, a unique viewpoint that can really help a lot of different people in a lot of different situations. Now, the genesis behind all this was I did a training, uh, a video on personal finance wisdom. And in passing, I slipped in there that I think for a lot of people, it's better to rent financially speaking than it is to own. And that created quite a controversy. There were quite a few listeners that were like, excuse me, Phil, you're crazy. You're way off. Owning's a much better deal. And they had all their arguments. And then other people would say, Phil, you're a genius. You're absolutely right. Well, the problem was I didn't have enough space in those comments to really explore this topic like I can right now. And that's what I'm going to do. So why do I think renting is oftentimes a better deal? First of all, that must be shocking to you because I'm a real estate agent and obviously, the Realtors Association is really big on home ownership. And I sell properties that I fix up and, and, and then I put out in the market to homeowners. So uh, am I not practicing what I'm preaching? Uh, well, uh, I've been around this block so long that whether or not what I'm sharing with you could hold water to the, to the entire nation, as it relates to you who's listening right now, it can certainly help you. Renting. Here's the first thing that you want to consider. Number one. Fixed cost. The monthly payment on a rent is fixed. And if there are problems, if there are uh, issues, maintenance headaches, guess who's supposed to fix those? The landlord. That burden is on them, not on you. Now, some landlords may not fix it up, but the, the burden is on is on you, uh, is on the landlord. Uh, by contrast, if you own the home and there's a problem, there's a leak, there's an issue, guess who pays for that? You do. And if you're a homeowner right now, you know what I'm talking about. There are all kinds of expenses. It's like a bottomless pit. There's just constantly things coming up that you have to pay for. And I, I, I'm a homeowner, and I'll tell you why later why I am one. Um, and it has a lot to do with my wife. <laughs> but we have these things that come up. You know, a, a pump goes out. This goes out. I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars in extra expenses we didn't even expect. Now, as a, as a tenant... Renting, you don't have that problem. Okay, the second reason, um, and this is a hidden one. When you rent a property, there's typically no temptation to fix it up, to improve it in any way. But when you own, there is a huge temptation to fix up. 
you see it all the time. People are putting in new kitchens. They're putting in new new tile in the bathroom. They're doing this. They're doing that. New deck. All of that's expensive. It costs money. And a lot of the times, the renovations you do, don't you don't get the money back out if you were to resell it because the renovations you did were very specific to you. So what ends up happening is that's an extra expense. So that really puts on the side of much more expensive to own. Next Number three, and this one is unique. I get a lot of um, debates on this, but I have looked at it upwards, downwards, and sideways. It's oftentimes a lower monthly payment to rent than if you bought the exact same home. I don't know why that always is, but with single-family homes especially, it's almost always a lower payment. Because when you when you factor in, you know, you bought the, the home, you got the mortgage, you got which is comprised of both the principal and the interest. Then you've got the, the property taxes. You have property insurance. You may have flood insurance. You may have a, an HOA fee each month. This thing all of a sudden starts to really, really balloon. And next thing you know, if you would have rented the same home next door, it's 1200 but because you bought it, the, the other home, it's 1400 a month. Again, I've seen this so many times. Now, in your specific area, that may be different. You have to run the, the numbers. But I get the I get the... Objection. But wait a minute, Phil. If there is a more expensive payment than there is to rent, the landlord is going to pass on the expenses to the tenant. So the tenant's going to have to pay more. Now, in theory, that sounds correct. But in truth, it's not what happens in the real world. In the real world, what happens is the landlord doesn't raise the rents because they can't because the other houses are renting for the same amount in the neighborhood. So what happens is they end up either losing money each month which a lot of landlords do, or their their mortgage is so much lower than yours would be if you bought it that they're not losing money. It's just they're not maybe making all that much money. Does that make sense? I don't, that, that's kind of hard to explain at times. But the truth of the matter is, more often than not, side-by-side -side comparison to rent the home or to buy the exact same home, the monthly payment's going to be less to rent. Another that's That's number three. Number four. There's a much lower down payment to rent. You have the first month's rent, maybe the second month, uh, and the last month's rent. That may be your deposit. It's a lot cheaper than a down payment on a home. Now, if you get an FHA loan, it may be 3.5% of a down payment, but that's still more than the typical um, rental deposit. Uh, and a lot of people have to get 5 to 10% down payments is what they got to put down. So much cheaper from a down payment standpoint to rent. All right, the next one, and this is number five on the list, no commitments. When you rent... You almost have no commitments. Yes, you signed a lease. That's true. But I have been a landlord a very long time. And let me tell you, if you want out of that property, you can get up and move out. Now, that landlord could try to sue you for the rental payments that you didn't make. But it's very difficult to collect. Because ultimately, these eviction attorneys, all they really care about is a vacant property. So if you up and move on a dime, you can go ahead and do that almost in all cases with rentals. Yes, the landlord can try to sue you, but it's really hard for them to collect. Whereas with a mortgage, with a home you own, it's a lot more difficult to get out of that deal. I've often said to uh, people who want to buy a home, buying a home is like going to jail. It's a whole lot easier to get in than it is to get out. So you have to sell that property, which comes in, it's going to flow right into our number six here. And selling a home is not always easy. I mean, it's not always simple to get rid of a home, especially if you have a um, if you have a really high mortgage on there. And many people listening to this may have had to gone through a short sale experience or that sort of thing. So number six flows right together, and that is transactional costs. 
When you buy a home and then subsequently resell it, there's a tremendous amount of transactional cost. On the buy side, there's usually about 2% in closing cost. So we're going to use round numbers here. 2% to buy. Then when you go to sell, you usually hire a real estate agent. They're 6%. And then you've got some more closing costs, but usually not as much. Call that 1%. But then you may have to do a bit of fix-up to get rid of it. Maybe the inspection came in and there's some problems you didn't know about. There's another 1%. So um, I think that a really good rule of thumb is when you go to resell that property, you've had a total of 10% in transactional costs. So if you own that property and you are trying to resell it, you need to have had that home appreciate by more than 10% for you to be able to even break even. Just to break even. Well, let's talk about home appreciation for a moment. Uh, Robert Schiller, who is a uh, professor at Yale, he did a 100-year study and discovered that single-family homes barely keep pace with inflation over the course of time. They don't even appreciate and inflation ends up being around 3% on average, maybe a little bit less. So, wait a minute, 3% a year? So you have to at least own the home for like four years to even break even when you resell. Because you just went in the whole 10% as soon as you bought, as a, as a function of what you paid for the house. Does that make sense? Pretty powerful stuff here. So you have got to have a long-term time horizon to own a home. Because if you pay retail price for the property as soon as you buy, you need to. It usually take you at least four years when you, before you resell, and there's there's any sort of upside. That's assuming it even goes up in value. And if you bought the home in 2005, and then you tried to resell it in 2009, you discover that there is the biggest real estate debacle in, in American history. So it doesn't. You don't. You're not even guaranteed that. Okay. So those are the main six reasons why you want to, it's almost always better for people to rent than to own. But there's a couple more things that I want to talk about now that would defend home ownership. The first thing is the fact that a portion of the monthly payment is going toward the pay down of the debt. That is true. So if you have a mortgage and the monthly payment is $800 and that includes principal and interest, a portion of that $800 is going toward the principal to pay down the debt. How much? Very little. The first couple of years, very little is going toward principal. Maybe a hundred dollars, probably a little bit less. So you, you know, you end up, you know, maybe you gain an extra thousand dollars a year. Which, hey, nothing to um, you know sneeze about. It's it's better than nothing, but it's not a huge amount. So that is true. You get a little bit of debt pay down, but not that much. Uh, next is interest tax deduction. Your home. Insure, your home um, mortgage, the interest on that is tax deductible. So a lot of people bring that up as a huge benefit of home ownership. That's true, but a lot of people end up using the standard deduction on their taxes as opposed to itemizing their um, their deductions. So you can either itemize all of your deductions on your tax return, or you can take the standard deduction. And most people take the standard deduction. So whether you had a home or you rented a home, you get the same amount of tax deduction. You just take the standard one. That's what most people do. Now, some people do itemize, and those people would benefit from the interest uh, tax deduction of being a homeowner. But a lot of people don't actually even um, utilize that uh, because their standard deduction is so much larger. Okay, now there are problems with renting. Number one, and the major problem of major problems is the uncertainty. You have the uncertainty that your landlord at the end of the lease could not renew that lease. Maybe they end up moving back in the home. Maybe they want to sell the home. So there is some uncertainty. 
And that was the main reason why I am a homeowner is because my wife wanted the certainty, the permanence of knowing that we could stay in the same place over a long period of time, raise our family, all that great stuff. So there is the issue of uncertainty with renting, whereas you have the permanence with owning. But like I said before, you want to be in a long-term mindset if you're going to own. Minimum of four years, better yet five. Now, this is interesting. Statistics show that the average person stays in a home for less than five years, and they stay in their mortgage for less than three years. So the other thing to consider here is a lot of people move out of a house anyways. You know, they, they move out for all kinds of reasons. They want to change school districts. They, they hate their neighbors, all kinds of things. But whereas with a house, you're kind of locked in for at least four years. So you better make the right decision. So yes, it's good that there's permanence, but there's also bad that there's permanence. Now, another thing that's absolutely wonderful about owning a home, instant equity. If you buy that property cheap enough, you can have instant equity the day you buy. Whereas renting there, you don't get the benefit of instant equity at all. Now, that sounds a lot better in theory than it ends up being in practice. I personally pulled it off. It took me two and a half years to find the property that I ended up moving into that fit for my wife's parameters. What happens is the good creative deals, whether it's you walking into a deal with instant equity or maybe you can work out creative ownership terms or a subject to, they tend to be a home that's not where you want to live for whatever reason. It's got a weird layout. It's got this. It's got that. The best homes that you want to live in tend to not be the ones that are in the in the situations where you can get a ton of instant equity. Now, you if you literally just focus on it for years, you will find a great deal with a great home with all the right you know characteristics of a home you want to live in. And again, it took me two and a half years, but I found it. And it had a ton of instant equity, uh, but it took a long time and a lot of people aren't as patient as I am. Okay, so yes, in theory, you can get instant equity. It's a wonderful thing, but in practice, very few people pull it off. On that same exact line is what I talked about just a second ago, which is a creative deal. If you wanted to, if you wanted to get a, a deal on an on a owner financing terms or on subject two, again, it's just a needle in a haystack. And if you're trying to please a spouse, oftentimes you're not going to win. They're going to want the new home and the new subdivision. That's what they're going to want. Or they're going to want the really nice home. They're not going to want the one that's a really good deal. Okay? All right. So another huge benefit of ownership. If you've got a ton of instant equity or you've got a ton of built-up equity, you can get a home equity line of credit. Not to use it to fix up some deck or to put in a new kitchen, but you could use that HELOC to uh, invest in other real estate deals. And the interest on that HELOC is tax deductible. So if you are um, doing the um, itemized tax deduction based on each and every single um, deduction you have and not doing the standard deduction, then you're in great shape. That HELOC becomes not only an investment tool to buy more investments, but they're tax deductible, the interest on that. So really, really cool if you can get a HELOC when you've got a lot of equity. And uh, I do that personally. It's fantastic. I do a lot of deals with it. It's great. All right. So uh, that really covers the majority of the value in owning. A slight little detail as well on the benefit of being an owner. If you've got a mortgage and you don't make the mortgage payments, uh, you can usually stick it out and not have to make those payments for six months, a year, sometimes longer before the bank actually kicks you out. Whereas with renting, if you don't pay, and usually 30 to 60, sometimes 90 days, you're out. 
So you can stick it out longer uh, if you don't pay. There's a little bit of a benefit from the downside risk, if you if you will. But that's you know, that's unsustainable. You can only really pull that off once, kind of thing. So. Uh, is it a benefit? Yes, maybe. Uh, but if you pay your bills, it doesn't ever become a benefit. Um, one more problem with renting is that if you don't have good credit, you don't have a job and all that kind of stuff, sometimes it'd be hard to get a, a rental unit. Well, my argument there is that it would be the same amount of uh, effort in many ways to find a creative deal that the, that the owner didn't ask you if you could be able to afford the payments for you to take it over as for you to make a bunch of calls to for rents until you find a landlord that doesn't really check your application all that much. You know, you have to go directly to the owners as opposed to going through property managers who will always check your credit. But if you do enough hustling, you'll probably find a landlord that's so desperate to fill their property that they don't even care about your credit history or job. But you got to hustle to find those. But that same hustle is required if you're going to go find a great creative deal that you want to move into. So that's kind of a wash, in my opinion, if you're kind of putting those on, on two different... Um, columns there. That's kind of a wash there either way. So when it's all said and done, as you can see, my my attitude is it's for most people, it's cheaper, it's financially better to rent than to own. And I know that's shocking to hear that, but that's just with the math. That's the way it shakes out. And uh, a lot of people don't want to rent. They, they want to be able to put their own paint colors in their own rooms. They want to be able to fix up their house and all that stuff. So obviously there are benefits there to being an owner that you don't get as a renter. But again, you can just call the landlord and say, hey, can I, you know, can I uh, change the paint colors? And oftentimes they'll say yes. So uh, when it's all said and done, for most people, better to rent than to own. I know that's shocking. It's like, oh my gosh, Phil, you're a, a real estate agent. You're telling people to rent, not own. Well, hey, I'm just shooting you the shooting you straight here, telling you the facts, giving you the real world information. So there you go. Uh, that is uh, the answer to should you own or rent your own home. And I look forward to, uh, you know, if you've got questions, concerns, comments about this. You know, I, I actually have a video about this as well. You can go over to my YouTube channel and make a comment there. You can go over to my, uh, my website and make a comment on that. Maybe there's a place to make comments here on the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, if you want to learn more about what we're doing um, and what we're teaching, head over to freedommentor.com. Learn all, just a ton more about uh, who Freedom Mentor is, what we're doing, how we're helping real estate investors become successful. And I want to uh, tell you how much I appreciate you sticking out on this long podcast. And I really appreciate it. Listen to some more of our stuff here on Real Estate Investing in the Real World. Got some great other podcasts on here as well. Thanks so much, and I will see you on the next one.